everyone, welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. Today we're going to have a brand new book guest on. Whether they're an author, an editor, a producer, you'll never quite know, so you're in for one hell of a ride. But today I just have to uh, do the adverts and then I'll get us straight into that most important conversation. And as as we do every week, um, I'm going to read The Shadow which is part of the Time Guardian series, and this is book four from Marianne Curley. The battle is over, the war is won. The prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan, struggling to cope with tragic loss. At odds with friends in the guard, he finds himself adrift, jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge to fullify the immortal's plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart, or the strings of a goddess short on praise but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness looks round every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? And just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Aiken, sorry, Rosemary Rowan, um, is being donated to the Ukraine refugee crisis. And here's the blurb for her book. It's uh, one of her... Roman British crime series, which was written under her maiden name. All editions can be found online where all books are sold, even her agents donating her commission. Sorry, I don't have the blurb for that, but uh, that's that's what she's doing. And now, without further ado, let's get you to the guests. Welcome back to the Book and Life podcast, guys. I promised you an exceptional guest, and I couldn't have found anybody better. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in Will. Welcome. It's amazing to have you on here. I honestly, when I messaged you, I didn't think you would say yes. (laughs) I was so nervous. I was like pacing the house and everything. Oh, it's all. Thank you for asking me. It's, it's It's a real pleasure. So tell us about your newest book. Because you've done so many amazing books. Tell us about this one. Um, well, I've got a book out in December. It's part of my B.I. Experience series. It's a good contrast as well for weather-wise. I thought it just might help. Um, I've got a terrible habit of, of, of writing 600 characters on 900 strands. My editors always 
shouting I'm the same you're not, way. Yep. <laughs> you're not supposed to do this. Uh, it's, it's rule number one of writing is don't do that. So I obviously do it every book. Uh, I thought just differentiating the two time zones which could be very I think that's a good idea too because marketing nowadays is is so different and you just don't really know what you're getting into until you're like oh this is how the market's moving or oh I need to do this to get it going I mean I find that with mine like I wrote an entire sort of series set in just the start of the summer, but my my publisher missed it. She didn't realize it was set in the beginning of summer, so she released it at a different time, and it didn't work so well because it didn't tie in with what people were yeah. reading in there, you know. And yeah, it, I think I was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's so easy to be done, you know. Yeah. So tell us what. What inspired this particular book for you? Ooh, um, I wanted to dig a little bit into um, the backstory of my protagonist because I kind of felt I've written five books with this character. Um, and beyond, I mean, you obviously get straight into these investigations once you're into the story. And I just felt I hadn't really fleshed him out enough. Um, a big part of this story is is about the loss of his wife who we meet very briefly in the first book um and i just i just thought it would be quite nice to have her in a book uh in a really as a proper character um if i could if i could find a way to bring her into the book and i'd obviously killed her in the first book um within a about the first 10 pages so i just thought this mechanism of, of, of doing a story set partly in the past allowed me to do that um and i was also just fascinated always had wanted to write a story about the the long-term effects um, that that the crime and bereavement has on someone yeah um, really the story is about a death that occurs 15 years ago you need to pass the characters 15 years ago I really wanted to sort of do that jump between, and it was a lovely way to be able to just immediately contrast all these characters in, in, in 15 years ago and where they are today. So, yeah. Both the good guys and the bad guys and the police investigating the time of the So, what was your aha moment about the books that you've written? Like, was there a specific moment that sparked every one of them, or is it just they came one after the other no i did um it's interesting i wrote when i got my first publishing deal which is obviously a very exciting moment um here's a tip i think it's a big tip for anybody who wants to write a book and publishers want to know that you've got more than one idea basically yeah um they want to know if they're going to commit to a series particularly that you've got um there's a series of you've got a series of book ideas to to and usually what writers do is want to do something important. So what I did is I created a, I did a, a little document myself 
make sure so that line the first five bytes is just the interface of pictures of the first five bytes. So literally there's two sentences to incredible because that's something I do like as soon as I get a series idea I'll sit and I plot the entire series because I know that when you start writing the first one by the time you get to the end of the first one the rest of the series is either there completely or it's gone and for me I couldn't risk losing it I think the longest one I've ever plotted was 36 and I broke down every single one of those books and planned them all out to the tenth degree and it was the same thing for me when I got my deal they were like could you do a book a month for the next three years and I said yeah I've got a stack of manuscripts that's not an issue I said but I don't want to sign a deal where I can't finish a series and uh, they said oh that's not a problem you'll definitely finish your series and I was like well that's good because I got the first six written and I got you know working on seven and eight so you know and that, that, that was how it was for me. And I think yeah. if you don't have a set, a set kind of objective, like these are the stories I want to write, this is the content I want to create, then it's harder for the bigger publishers to take a risk on you. And I think what you're saying is probably the soundest advice we've had on the show is be prepared, be constantly prepared, and don't just throw something at the wall and hope it sticks. I got caught in that. I got caught in that. my first book, just to be the absolute timetable that this is going. Yeah. I've gone through the first one. The book has been published. It's never gone through the first one. Well, I need to do And even though I've done this document, this line, Little bit of 
if you're not thinking about why you're doing it, you will get bored. That is very true. Big feeling of that. You obviously want to give your your most attention to what you're doing right now. Yeah. To just have that. Just an eye on it and just a thought. Because I, 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 I'm motivated by fear. I don't mind admitting. I don't remember feeling. Yeah. Just looking at the dance and going, oh, you're right, but that was scary. And, and, and I didn't want that again. I'm the same way. Like, I, I'm motivated by deadlines. So if I don't have a deadline, I procrastinate <laughs> to the nth degree. Um, but luckily for me, like, I've worked, in, I'm working in screenwriting right now. I've, I've ended up in screenwriting. Um, and they have really strict deadlines. Like, exceedingly strict deadlines <laughs> so uh, I've kind of learned the habit of okay this needs done by this day I can't procrastinate I can't sit online and talk to friends all day or run about the house mad I need to just sit and do it um, and discipline was something I had anyway and it just sort of reinforced the importance of having discipline and like being dedicated you know, you're plotting things yeah. out and you're and you're self-disciplined, and I think those are really, really important. I mean, those are things I think I've always had, but I I, I kind of learned how important they were and important it was to deploy those qualities if you're going to if you're going to write on a schedule of a book a year. Yeah, and I think with TV series and feature films, you have to be thinking five to ten steps ahead for it to work. Yeah. And I'm sure you understand that better than anybody. Um, but you, you kind of have to understand, okay, these are these footsteps I need to take, but I also need to know where the edge of the cliff is so that I don't fall off the edge, you know, and, and not get to my destination. Um, that's what sort of jumping between entertainment and, and novel writing has taught me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think you, especially the bit about knowing where the edge of the cliff is, I think you do need to you do need to pace yourself and you, you you have to guard against being stupid about it. I've got a kind of self-imposed rule where if, if my brain is completely discombobulating, if I'm exhausted, um, there's no point writing. You know, you, you need to know when to step away from your desk and, and leave it alone, yeah. however stiff the deadline. Because, again, bad work just sets you back um, and eats up valuable time. So it's better just it does, to yeah. a concentrated burst of good work and... And leave it be if necessary. But I always, I, I do have a good thick sense of when I'm kind of on the cusp of that, and when I just need to just go away and do something else and and relax, watch TV, whatever. Um, but you need to know when to step away. Yeah, and it's such a hard one to balance, you know, especially with COVID and everything, and everyone was locked yeah. in their houses. It became almost impossible really to just step away and be like okay i'm way too close to this i need i need space i need to think this through and especially if you've got your rest of your family in the house you've got a quiet house you've got 101 things happening at once kids running up going dad mom can you do this can you do that um it's not easy it's it's it's, it's very very difficult and i i like to express that when we're on the show because writing can be the most incredible feeling it can be the most lonely and frustrating job you'll ever do. The roller coaster. I mean, when you're doing it well, it is a good feeling. It is easy to feel kind of like screwed. If you just think, oh, I, this is really, really impressive. When you're doing yeah. it badly, it doesn't really matter. It's all about money. 
three different things doing and if you're doing this. And usually when you read it back afterwards, what you think is brilliant is what you think is terrible and it's things like that. And it's neither. And it's kind of just just you know, it's it's I've learned not to um, I've learned to distrust my emotional response to other people. Yeah, I find that to be the case for me as well, because um, I have eight main characters and you revolve around the eight and each one has their own book and each one has their own story tell. And for me, the complicated part is mixing all that up and making sure that I in my head can knows where I am at all times, but the reader can't see where I'm going. And thank goodness I have a co-writer because I never in a million years get it done i'd be pulling my hair out i'd be screaming at the screen i'd be throwing things you know um but i think sometimes having a community of writers to support you is huge you know it makes a huge difference um and that was something i had to learn about i had to learn to ask for help i grew up very independent so looking back it's like writing is yes a very independent thing but you need that community in order to structure yourself and to achieve the things that you want to achieve and yeah. not be too prideful or too shameful to say, hey, you know what? I'm not doing so well with this. Uh, I need help, you know? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think the, the interesting thing I think I've learned is I, I was a screenwriter a, a, a few years back and I used to lean heavily on the script editors that I worked with. And you would call them up and go, oh, I'm this, that was, I don't know how to do that. I'm not sure how to, and, and I'm sure they thought I was a complete pain in the neck. But with books, <laughs> you don't quite have the same luxury. You can't ring your editors up. And I mean, sometimes if you have a really big problem that's really worrying you and you really want that second opinion, I'll, I'll email my editor and just say, look, I've just come up against this. What do you, what, what's your view on this? But I think with books, you, you learn to be a lot more independent and, um, you find solutions. And I think it's a very healthy thing learning how to solve the problems in your story on your own, because um, the more you're able to do that, the more you're able to find good solutions to problems, the more you build up the the experience of knowing how to do that. Um, The less, um, I don't want to say the less difficult the job becomes, but the more you are. That's amazing. That's really sound advice, I think, and it's something that i think a lot of people who are listening to this and who maybe have been in the industry for a year or two years or three years are starting to go oh that makes total sense like it's dawning on them now what that little nagging piece of knowledge is but they couldn't quite put their finger on it so what's the book that you've read like most recently that stuck with you the most what's sticking around in your head right now
original concept. It's the idea. I think that's, I feel like me a bit speechless though. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a really good thing. It's, it's lovely to hear someone who comes on, who's a writer, who's also passionate about books and about what they're reading and what they're experiencing. Um, I literally looked at the stack of TBRs that came in the other day from different publishers and I went, Oh boy, <laughs> you know, my TBR grows and then I, I get it under control. And then just as I think I'm like, okay, I could take a day to not read. Then I look around and it's like three times the size it was. And I'm like, but, you know what oh. I mean? Sometimes when you read a bad book and sometimes, you, you know, you, you get one and you just think, oh dear, uh, you know, very early, it's, it's not great. Um, yeah. You, you can tell the difference when, when you read a really good one. It's very clear why why one is good and why one is bad, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of it's to you know it all comes for me. It all comes back to the the idea at the heart of the book. If, if the idea is strong, everything after that is fixable. If the idea is not that great or not that original or a bit mundane, it, you, you know, it, it becomes much more difficult to however well you write it to, to really make it sing I think yeah it's it's insane I mean for me like I've read some incredible books this last year and then I've read some ones that have left me scratching my head because they're not mm. bad it's just they've not flushed it out far enough yeah. in me, my opinion like I'm waiting for the entire flushed out um, opinion and I don't get it and then I'm like what did I buy this for then? You know, like you kind of end up kind of questioning yourself in that regard. Um, I I read just before midnight, which was incredible. Set in World War Two about a girl who thinks she's being stalked, and then it turns out that the person stalking her was was somebody on our side that was just trying to get back a piece of paper. He thought that uh, she'd binned, and it was just something as simple as that, a simple concept. Um, and she didn't really want to go into the exploring of the serial killer aspect, so it was really refreshing. It was really different, and I, I really appreciate what they were able to do with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, and I think it comes when you know you've got a good idea. Comes confidence. That's where your confidence yeah. comes when you believe in that idea. And I think, I think every writer. I don't. I hate using those kind of phrases because it sounds like I'm speaking for every writer. Which I don't. Obviously, I, I'm not, and I wouldn't dare to. Um, but I, I would bet that every writer has to really feel it before they can write something, or they don't write that story. And if you're not feeling it, it's just it's the wrong idea. I remember, I remember um, with one of these Alex Finn books, really wanted to do something about modern slavery because it's a massive, massive, yeah. massive thing that uh, the Metropolitan Police deal with. And it's kind of in the territory of what I, I kind of like to do with the book. 
every time I think I hear a ring, I just can't find it for a dinner table. I just couldn't. It was everything you thought it was going to be. It was, it was yeah. Obvious if somebody being trapped in Eastern Europe, ending up in horrible situations as well. But I cannot think of a single obvious idea that makes it different. So I dropped it and didn't do it in the end because my irritation points. But I yeah. just think if you're not feeling it and you're not, and you can tell it's all a bit plodding and it's not coming alive, then, then it's you're better off dropping it, finding something to actually say. Yeah, I feel like that way too because I've done a I've done a range of my uh, sort of genres and stuff like that. And that was how I felt. Like I was like, it, I don't get this specific thing, but I can make it my own by doing this, or I can balance it out by doing that. Mm. And I think that comes with time and experience. It's not something that just comes by every day. It's something that you are aware of that you're like, okay. This, you know, this is what I need to do to make this work, or this is what I need to do to make that work. And I think that's, it's a great part of the journey. It's a great, great part of the journey. Yeah, I think when, when you get that moment where you just go, oh, that's good, that excites me, you know you're onto something. You may not know in that moment how you're going to develop that story or where you're going to go with it, or even if you can make it work. But that moment where you just go, that excites me, really. You know, you were talking about the aha moment. I think that is the, the aha moment where you just go, that excites me because you, you, you'll find a way. If it's that, if it's having that effect on you, you will find a way to make that story work. You'll find the right home for it in some form. Um, and I've learned that whenever I do just sit up and go, oh, that's good, don't ignore that feeling. Um, it's an important feeling. It's, it's, a, it's a green flag of something. So, um, if I'm not getting that, if I'm not feeling that, it's usually a, a red flag that it's not it's not the right idea. Yeah, and I, I think it's really important who you work with to get the best out of your project and get the best out of your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a good editor is, is fantastic. I've, had, I've been very lucky. I've worked with nothing other than good editors, and I'm not um, saying that to puff smoke. It's it's they're they're um they've been, what I love is that they every book I've written they've improved you can you can absolutely tell there's no book i've written where you read the first draft and then you read the final one and you think this has gone backwards it's gone forward each time yeah it's still very much recognizably my idea my story my writing but the editing has improved it and that 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 is the acid test i think of a good editor and i've been lucky to see very very good editors yeah, I think that is too. And, and that's something I've learned kind of throughout the years, like what makes a good editor, what makes a bad editor, what makes the runaway screaming kind of editors. Um, and the only way to get that experience, unfortunately, is to do the job and, and to participate yeah. in that job. Um, but yeah, you survived the Book and Life podcast. It was quick, painless. <laughs> that's all right. Um, I'm, I'm delighted to take that. Yeah, and I look forward to having you back to talk about your upcoming releases after this one because I know you're a very busy man. Um, and I, you know, keep an ear out. I will send you a link to this when it's launched, and then I'll send a link to your book review, which we do on a separate episode called um, Crystal Reviews, uh, which we do now every month. So, yeah, but honestly, Will, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your vast and incredible knowledge with us. Thank you.
Thank you so much. And guys, you want to check back next week as we have another special guest who will be joining us and you'll not want to miss it.